Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John, and I have with me in the studio Raul Lopez Jr. with me. Uh, we are both coaches and authors, and uh, we're both part of a group called Unchained Men, where we help men to come alive and make a difference in the world and step into, I would say, greater manhood. And today, we are going to talk about perspectives on the Paradise file, Fire, if I can say this right. And no, we are not going to be getting political today. We're going to talk about just personally, you know, what are people experiencing perhaps still with the Paradise Fires? I know in the news, I think, you know, amount of coverage on that has been declining. It's now old news and not so much being reported the fires out. And so you might not be hearing so much about it, but those folks who have been affected by the fires are still in need. A lot of those folks still are without housing. Uh, they need support, they need help, and uh, many of you want to provide help, and, and there are still venues and places out there to provide help, uh, but today we're going to talk a little bit more interpersonally. How can you support people who have been devastated, people are going through trauma and uh, are in a crisis, and how can we support those folks if you get in front of them one-on-one? -on -one? What, what can you do? What can you say? And if you are affected by the fires, you know, how do you manage that? We're going to get into all that today, or at least a lot of that, uh, not from just an idea kind of place, theoretical, you know, in the news, it's devastating. But, you know, if you're standing face-to-face, toe-to-toe with somebody, what do you do? And how do you interact? So one of the things that folks might be facing in, if they've had uh, have been affected by the fires, is some folks might be facing something what's called survivor guilt. That means there are folks who their houses have not been burned, uh, or maybe not totally burned. Uh, you know, some houses have been burned down to the foundation, and some are still standing. And there's folks who have, you know, homes that are still standing. Folks who maybe they got out, but they know somebody who actually didn't get out and perished in the fire, those folks, and maybe even some of you, might be experiencing what's called survivor guilt. I don't know if, Raul, have you ever experienced something like survivor guilt? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of a specific time, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened. Um, it, it's not, it, it might be similar to success guilt. Okay. Right? Have you, sure. Would that would that be the same? Sure, that might category? be related to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've there are times where maybe it's with family or people around you who are uh, maybe not having the success they want to have, and you have some wins, and you really don't want to say anything about it. You mm -hmm. don't want to celebrate your wins because other people aren't having those wins. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a little bit related. Um, so I looked up um, survivors' guilt online, and. Uh, I'll share a little bit about my experience. I don't know if I've experienced survivor's guilt exactly the way they describe it here, but I have had some experience, maybe the opposite, which was kind of kind of funky and weird. But uh, I'll share that after in a little bit here. So from Wikipedia, I looked it up. It says survivor guilt or survivor's guilt, or sometimes called survivor's syndrome or survivor's syndrome, is a mental condition that occurs when a person believes they have done something wrong by surviving a traumatic event where others did not. Often feeling self-guilt, it may be found among survivors of many different types of events and even in non-mortal situations. So you can have survivor's guilt uh, even if it's not related to somebody somebody passed away uh, in, the, in the event. Uh, and the symptoms include 
anxiety and depression, social withdrawal, sleep disturbance and nightmares, physical complaints and mood swings and loss of drive. And they mentioned on there that survivor's guilt is, uh, I think they removed that as its own classification. My wife was looking it up as I was leaving the house to come here. And she said, well, on the DSM, it doesn't talk about survivor's guilt. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm okay, yeah. And So anyways, on on Wikipedia, I I don't know exactly how it's classified. My understanding of it is it's now just a type of PTSD, Mm. that it's under PTSD, and the symptoms are very much the same between survivor's guilt and PTSD. And I think people see it as a kind of PTSD and, and probably treated the same way. Yeah. So so for me, I had I had a case where uh, so in 89, there was the big earthquake in California and uh, our house collapsed and uh, we had a two story part of the building and then the one story part of the building and the one great room, the the roof had had fallen, the, the front of the house had fallen back and the back of the house had fallen back. And so the roof had just kind of, you know, arced over when it was on the ground and the two story part of the building, the, the top floor had crushed. Uh, the bottom story of the building, and then uh, the place where the kitchen and the dining room area that was still kind of more or less intact. Wow! But uh, so that you know that was pretty hard, and and I don't know if I fe- experienced a survivor's guilt per se. I mean, it was I'm pretty sure I had PTSD from that. <laughs> <laughs> I I can be pretty pretty assured of that. We we ended up moving into a house after a while to have some more more permanent kind of place to stay where we knew we could stay there as long as we needed to and the house was right off the train tracks mm. and the train would go by and then you know they'd whistle the, the train all of us would jump up and go wah no ah, you know oh, yeah, again yeah. again you know and uh, it took quite a while so I'm pretty sure we had PTSD I don't think it would be survivor's guilt mm-hmm. but the, the one thing I did experience and this is something that may happen to some of you out there who have experienced trauma through these fires is we had folks come to us and say so what sin did you commit that this happened to you wow I didn't hear that one yeah and, and we're like whoa where did that come from yeah. And uh that's that's a pretty hard hard message to hear. And uh we didn't believe it of course, but that was pretty harsh. <laughs> that that is uh, I don't know where that would come from. I mean I guess I probably do know where that would come from, uh based on understanding certain things about people and the psychology and the conditioning. But uh that's harsh. It's it's very harsh and uh it's kinda sad that somebody would say something like that. Oh yeah. That was like whoa, <laughs> yeah. you know. You're, you're talking about uh, you know PTSD, and I think the the key in that term in anything is trauma. So anytime that you have any type of trauma, we can be affected uh, or triggered mm-hmm. by other things like the train, like you spoke about. So the key there, I think, is trauma. And any and everybody in a traumatic event can be affected for a few months or years. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know the Paradise Fires, that's like an instantaneous trauma. Yeah, and uh, and there might be a long term trauma that can be happening as well. Mm-hmm. So there can be an event that and it's a little thing that happens over to, over time, you know, and mm-hmm. that can build up and become a trauma in and of itself. It could even be just the smell <clears throat> of smoke. You know, a right. year later, you might smell smoke and go, oh man, and, and be triggered. Right, yeah. right. Suddenly you're like climbing climbing <laughs> under a desk or a table, and then like, oh okay, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah, totally, yeah. So. So if uh, you are experiencing survivor's guilt, that can be guilt over surviving, 
could be thoughts about what could I have done, what could you have done, or maybe what you, what you did do. There can be all kinds of things there. And we'll talk more about this right after the break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. So today we're talking about perspectives on the Paradise Fire. Some folks, for them, it's still going on. Even though the fires themselves are out, the experience is still ongoing. And there's still still lots to deal with. There might still be continued trauma. And uh, we're just talking about, you know, if you're in that if you're going through that trauma, what you might be experiencing, and we'll have some tips here about maybe what to do about certain kinds of things that you might be experiencing. And then for those of you who want to help, so we'll be talking a little bit about, you know, how do you support folks who are going through the crisis? So we were talking about this survivor's guilt. And basically that means that if you survived the Paradise Fires, and even if your house is unscathed, you could be still experiencing PTSD from that. And so you don't have to have a direct trauma. You don't have to have, you know, your, your house get burned down. And, you know, you could watch an, a car accident and not even be in it, for example, and still have PTSD from it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a kind of trauma that can take place. And, and part of a big message that we have today is to basically don't have any judgment on it. If you're having difficulty, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't say, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that way because I only had this happen and it's not like those other people. That's not helpful. If you're having a hard time, you're having a hard time. It is what it is. Acknowledge it and, you know, work with it. Work through the healing process without judgment. Yeah, you, you know, I, we were actually kind of talking about this earlier and kind of like the paradigm, uh, you know, the the fires were about, what, 50 miles from where where we are now? Less than that? More than that? Uh, I don't know. I think it was somewhere, somebody said between 40 and 50 miles from where we're at. So we got heavy smoke here. You're right. And what we were talking about is how life goes on here, just not that far away. Well, so many people are, are having their houses are burning, uh, lives are being lost, and just the whole towns are being demolished. And I remember, and I don't, I don't think it's a form of PTSD, but there, there is some guilt there, thinking like, wow, life is just going on here. You know, we're still right. getting up, we're getting our kids dressed, we're going to work, we're just, we're doing our daily thing, and people are in such trauma just up the road here. And I remember thinking like, 
what do, what do I do? I mean, I, I donated clothes and we, you know, we, we did what people feel like they want to do. But there was a still a weird feeling of, wow, man, now that's going on and we're just here living our daily lives and you kind of just watch people around you. And it's like it's not even happening, but it's right. just right down the it's road. It's just right there, yeah. So, so some of that survivor's guilt, I think a lot of times it'll come from when it's a close call. Like yes. you talked about the accident. If you were right next to it, yeah, you're like, right. oh, that could have been me. Right, you know? yes. And like we're just right down the road from these fires. We're like, man, that could be here right now. Right, You right. know, we start to really contemplate life and like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, and the big thing is just to acknowledge that there is something really there. It, it, don't yeah. dismiss that. Yeah. And and if you are facing somebody and it looks like they might be experiencing survivor's guilt, don't go, oh, well, they shouldn't be feeling that. <laughs> That's yeah. uh, it's not very helpful. So so just enter into it with grace and compassion. And uh, here's some tips if you are experiencing survivor's guilt or you think you might be. So I've got eight things here that you can do. You can do all of them or just pick what's helpful. But the first one is to give yourself time and space to grieve. Mm -hmm. There's going to be emotions around this, maybe even a lot. But just know that the emotions will not last forever. In fact, if you let the emotions flow, they will end. Mm -hmm. The times when they don't end is when we choose to not feel the feelings and we squelch the feelings or if we get stuck in them that's that's when it doesn't flow through right so yeah. just give time and space to grieve and and that means maybe putting yourself in a physical space where you're not worried about what people are thinking about you mm-hmm. and be there for a little while right and and expressing right expressing the emotion i mean that goes into a lot of different <clears throat> categories too but if you're feeling these things it, it isn't really important to talk about them yeah. to express how you're feeling and i think that'll fall into another subject that we have here in regard to if you're on the receiving end of that person expressing themselves yes um probably the best thing to do is just listen yeah right so so often we want to make it seem like oh it's no big deal oh it's okay don't worry about it you'll be fine when really the person just needs somebody to listen to them. I right. just need to express this. I need to get it out. And it's a, it's a, a weight off of my back. Yep. And to discount it sometimes may just continue the challenge. Yeah, makes it tough. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's the second thing on the list of what you can do if you feel like you're experiencing survivor's guilt is to share your feelings with someone you trust. Mm-hmm. And it might be important to pick that person intentionally because uh, some people are better able to support and listen than others. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if you don't have someone like that in your life, uh, and we'll probably have it also later on the list, but uh, finding a professional therapist is a great person who mm-hmm. will sit and listen and support. Right. And, and that, that could be that person or it could be a trusted friend, someone you know who will just listen and not have any judgment on it and just support you and acknowledge you and you can know that they've heard. Mm-hmm. So... Another question that you can ask yourself, something to do if you have survivor's guilt, is to ask yourself, who is truly responsible? Because a lot of times, as a survivor, it's easy to get into thinking, well, I, I did something wrong, and, and that's why I survived. You know, mm-hmm. I, I took away from this other person. I've survived now, and that caused the other person to not survive because of the choices I made. Hmm. And to ask who is truly responsible calls to question those assumptions and mm-hmm. helps to see a little better picture of what really has gone on. Right. So in the fires, if you survived, you did not cause the fires and you mm-hmm. did not cause someone else to be injured by the fires. Mm-hmm. It just happened. It just happened. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the, another 
thought that comes to mind is sometimes we'll say, why did I survive, right? What's, what's different about me? Right. Like, you know, my neighbor is not here any longer or my neighbor's home is gone and I'm still here in my house to hear what, what is it about me? And I think that's where some guilt comes in, right? right. Like, what, what about me? Like, how did I survive? Why did I survive? Right. And, and I'd, I'd refer back to what you just said. Those are, those are important questions. You know, mm-hmm. they, they really are important questions and they'll see that they're deep and sometimes we need answers, but uh, going back to just expressing them and finding the right person or the therapist to discuss that with um, is definitely helpful and it's needed. I I'd definitely recommend seeking somebody that you can talk to about those types of things. Somebody that qualified to give you, to listen first, and then yes. be able to give you some advice. Yeah. And sometimes asking those hard questions, there might not even be an answer. Right. But it's important to ask anyways. Yeah. Because that just, that's just part of the process, is mm-hmm. to ask the questions. Yeah. And, and you may find that there's no answer. It was just random. It's just what happened. Mm-hmm. Or you may find that may, maybe there was something that God had in mind for you. Yeah. And, and yeah. you just you needed to survive that event because something yeah. else was was important. Right. Or you could take that event and go, well, I don't know why, but I'm going to make it mm. meaningful. I'm going to make mm-hmm. it important that I survived and right. I'm going to do something with it now that I have survived. Yeah, that's good. I know. I, I love that. And I believe it also 100 percent that um, when when we survive some type of traumatic event, it's it's based on God and, and a plan he has for us, a calling that we have, because usually I'd say all the time when something happens around us that we're affected by, we gain wisdom from it. We may not see it right there and then, but we do gain wisdom from it. At some point we can go back and help somebody else with this similar situation. So I believe it's all God given wisdom. Yep. Yep. And, uh, However you want to look at it, I've heard some people say, you know, you can have an event and that can make you bitter or make you better. You know, <laughs> it's your choice. Yeah. So, but uh, I firmly believe that a lot of times we have crappy experiences, whether it's on purpose or, or not, I think we have a choice on what to do with that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, my, in, in the events that we have, we call it redeeming your tough experience. How do you take mm-hmm. this really hard experience and turn it and make good come out of it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that takes intentionality. Exactly. I was just going to say it takes the intention of, of finding the good in it and yeah. finding the wisdom gained. Yeah. You, know, you may not even know you have the wisdom until you see somebody else experiencing the same thing and you can offer. And you go, oh, yeah. that's wisdom because I lived that. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So remind yourself that sadness and feelings of loss are normal and you can handle it. Mm, good. That is just normal. If you're feeling lost, if you're feeling sad, that's not you know, a crisis that's just normal mm-hmm. and, and you'll be okay. Just yeah. let, let the feelings flow. Yeah. So number six or no, number five is consider how others in your life would feel about your survival. So maybe you're feeling about guilty about your own survival, but how about other people in your family, your friends, how do they feel about your survival? Mm. They probably aren't feeling too guilty about that. <laughs> They're probably yeah. feeling very grateful about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you mentioned before, it is not a zero-sum game. Mm. Just because someone else's house burned down, you know, that doesn't mean that yours didn't burn down. And if yours didn't burn down, that doesn't mean that it forced someone else's to burn down. And uh, it's not a zero-sum game. And it's, you know, you're not the cause of whatever happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing you can do, number seven, is pay it forward. Help someone else. Right. That's a great way to in a response to what's what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And finally, just take really good care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of yourself physically. Uh, I, there was another show I did a few weeks back. Um, take care of your physical needs. 
And I know for some of you folks who've been displaced, having semi-permanent residence is really important. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I experienced uh, that when I went through the earthquake. We had times when we were basically couch surfing, right. you know, from one place to the next. And you know, it wasn't always a couch, but we were yeah. going from place to the next, like, okay, we wore out our welcome and now we need to go somewhere <laughs> else. And and that just felt really, really unsettled. It's, it's an emotional drain, right? I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean, going from place to place. You do need something, even if you can call it a temporary home, but to feel like home, this is my place, I can relax, I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. But and it might be temporary, but just know you can stay there as long as you need. Right, yeah. Yeah, That's so good. those those things being true. So take care of your physical needs, and that includes your emotional needs as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure you have all the medications you need, you know, if you need something refilled and or medications got lost in the mail and never got yeah. delivered, take care of that stuff. Yeah. You know, just take really good care of yourself. Y you mentioned physical needs. And to me, that that for me, one of those aspects is eating healthy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really matters. I've learned in my life that what I eat matters. What I put into my body has all to do with how I feel mentally, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, if, you know. It's understandable to go into a depression or even some anxiety after an event like that, um, but it doesn't help not to eat, right? right? You have to keep your body healthy, your mind, your body. We're talking about emotional intelligence. We're talking about physical health. It all will help you come through those types of things. And for those of you who can offer that type of help to people, even if it's just a suggestion of that, hey, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Are you eating? Is there something I can bring you? Because it matters. What you're eating, what you're putting into your body matters. Yeah. So when you find yourself toe to toe, face to face with somebody experiencing survivor's guilt or some kind of PTSD, uh, don't tell them they're wrong. Right. Don't say, oh, you know, it's not really like that or, you know, or or just get over it. <laughs> so yeah. so this is uh, I didn't put it in my notes to talk about. But on the way here, I was thinking about it. it's important to know that uh, if you're a kind of person like I have been for a lot of my life where I've been uncomfortable with my own emotions. If they came up, whoa, that was wrong, that's scary, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And if I see that in other people, I have the same kind of response or have in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, that's weird, oh, scary, you know, what, what's going on? Yeah. And I would have this need, this drive inside to make it stop. Mm -hmm. I need yeah. them to feel better so I can feel comfortable. Yeah. And, and my advice long-term is to get comfortable with your own emotions mm -hmm. and with others. And in the interim, just listen and be uncomfortable in it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk more about this right after the break. Good stuff. The Home Show is back. Listen every Friday morning at 11 for home improvement tips, local events, entertainment, and so much more. Join Terry Knight as he brings in experts in the home improvement field and real estate industry every Friday at 11. Before you make your next home improvement, be sure to listen to The Home Show to get tips, recommendations, and find out how to get the best deals. Find Terry on Facebook at The Home Show with Terry Knight and pose your questions and recommendations. Then listen Friday mornings at 11 to The Home Show with Terry Knight, sponsored by Five Star Restoration and Construction. I love these holiday parties. I'm gonna take off. I know what you're thinking. I'm feeling a little buzz, but hey, I only had a couple of glasses of wine, so I'm fine to drive home. I've drank a lot more and have driven safely. Don't do it. Buzz driving is drunk driving, and it only takes one mistake, one time to suffer dramatic consequences. Hi, I'm Mike Chastain from the Chastain Law Office, and I literally wrote the book, 
how to survive a DUI arrest, what you need to know. I want to save you from making a bad decision. But if you make a mistake and get caught, I'm here to make sure the holiday is completely ruined. For a free copy of my book, visit my website at chastainlaw.com. That's chastainlaw.com. The book is a great gift for you or anyone you know that drives. But the best gift you can give yourself and your loved ones is to arrive home safe. Waldo Bauer's family and staff wants to wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, too. They'd like for you to come into their beautiful showroom at 2300 Broadway and share a hot chocolate or eggnog. And while you're there, you can take a look at all the styles, colors, and textures of different kinds of rugs. You can make your own cozy, personalized area rug, including wool. A special holiday price for area rugs and all in-stock products. Another option to spruce up your home for business or the holidays is to clean. Rent a host carpet cleaning machine or purchase cleaning products recommended by the manufacturer. Waldo Bowers Flooring Showroom at 2300 Broadway. Excellent customer service, professional installation, affordable prices, and (laughs) for the Christmas season. Why would you go anywhere else? 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bowers. Join them on Facebook, online at WaldoBowersFloorCovering.com, or call 451-0114. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundsacramento.com. That's surroundsacramento.com. Meaning significance satisfaction connection you can have it all learn how on the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m on money 105.5 move through your world touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning listen to the impact hour wednesdays at 2 p.m on money 105.5 your impact matters you matter did you miss a show check out past shows at theimpacthour.com If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You are listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we are talking about perspectives on the Paradise Fire. And for a lot of folks, this is something that is still ongoing. The fire itself is out, but the experience is still ongoing. Some folks are still displaced. We're talking about how to manage and deal with that if you are displaced and how to manage and to support and help if you are not, if you just want to be supportive and helpful. And we're sharing from the perspective of what to do if you're toe-to-toe or face-to-face with somebody, not just how you donate money, but if you're interacting with people, how can you support from that perspective? Mm-hmm. And so we were talking just a little bit about uh, people having survivor's guilt, and that's a type of PTSD, the way I understand it. 
and we had some tips on what to do if that's your experience. And we were just about to talk a little bit about what do you do if you encounter somebody who is experiencing either survivor's guilt or any other kind of PTSD? How do you support them? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get into this in a, in a big way kind of a bit later on, but I just wanted to touch on this just a little bit. And the first thing is to have compassion. Mm-hmm. So I was sharing before the break that some, you know, for a lot of my life, I was pretty uncomfortable with emotions. I was uncomfortable with my emotions. So I was also very much uncomfortable with other people's emotions. And my instinct was to do whatever it took to fix that and to shut it down because I was not okay with that. <laughs> and it wasn't even a conscious choice. It wasn't like, oh, that's, that's a problem. I need to fix it. It was like, uh, I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable here. What do I say? Right. Oh, it'll be okay. Or, oh, you know, it's not all that bad. Or, you know, I'll just come out with all this stuff. And and in reality, I was just wanting to feel better and wanting them to feel better. I, I always think of that. I think it's a song, Tears of a Clown. Oh, right. uh-huh. <laughs> that's I, I, I picture that. It's the mask that we wear. We talk about that sometimes, too. And you're right. It's not about like we go, oh, I'm feeling this emotion and I don't want to. It's more like we're just feeling uncomfortable. So what, depending on the situation, we might crack a joke. Right. Right. Or, uh, you know, just say something to just completely change the energy that's in the room where really we need to deal with it. Really, we yeah. need to express it and, and get to the point. Yeah. So, so for long term, I was sharing before the break, learn to get really comfortable with your own emotions. And that's something I've done a lot of. And it's still an ongoing process for me. I'm still in a process uh, where I have an alarm that goes off once an hour, and I check in, what am I feeling? Really? And wow. I'm just, I just to try, what am I feeling? What is, what is the name of this feeling? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and what is this? You know, what am I feeling? And, and uh, you know, how is this showing up? How do I know I'm feeling that way? What is showing up on my body? And what are my behaviors right now? And sometimes it's nothing. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I was just, you know, it's just... I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be something like that. Or it could just be I wasn't feeling anything, but this thing went bleep, and now it's like, man, this stupid alarm is interrupting me again. <laughs> oh, I'm angry and I'm upset right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so whatever process you feel like would support you, learning to get comfortable with your own emotions will help you hold space for someone else mm-hmm. who's going through theirs. Yeah. And, and it's really important. Uh, we are socialized to not really be very good supporters mm-hmm. when people are going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk more about it later on, but I call it the silver lining syndrome. We are yeah. conditioned to point out the silver lining, <laughs> and that is so unhelpful. Yeah. So if, if you are uncomfortable with your emotions, in the meantime, don't say, well, I'm hopeless, but in mm-hmm. the meantime, just get really comfortable with being uncomfortable right. and just listen to what they're saying if you can, try to relate to what they're going through, relate to maybe an experience you've had, even if it's not the same experience, but maybe there's parts of it that feel similar, and do your best to empathize with what they're going through right. and, uh, and share what you can relate to. And uh, you can ask them, how can I support? Yeah. You know, let them lead that. Mm-hmm. And, and as I shared last time, sometimes, depending on what they're going through, sometimes the way you should ask is not how can I support, but hey, it looks like uh, it would be helpful if I fixed dinner. Can I fix dinner for you or, or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes they really don't know what they need. Right. It's so, so overwhelming. It's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And That's, so if you see a need and fill it and say, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? That's still checking in, mm-hmm. uh, but then it's also taking the initiative. 
That's it's powerful that you know we're talking about emotions a lot, and it's because it is important. You mentioned that in the beginning of the show, we're both authors and speakers, coaches, life coaches, and you know my my book is called "Heal the Boy, the Man Will Appear," but the subtitle is "Learn the Importance of Expressing Your Emotions, of Understanding and Expressing Your Emotions." So, in all aspects of our life. If you understand your emotions, if you gain emotional intelligence, it doesn't only help you to understand those times when you're feeling good or bad or just don't understand how you're feeling, to be able to express them and understand them, but it also helps you with others who are in a traumatic event or going through some form of PTSD and to understand at the time what emotion they're feeling and how you should or could react best to help them. And most of the time, it's just listening. Yes. But there are other things that you can offer, understanding your intelligence, I mean, yeah. your emotional intelligence. Yes. Yeah. And listening, if you just sit there and nod your head, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you can even do more than that. Yeah. And, and, and dig in and ask, you know, is someone sharing? It could be like all jumbly because mm-hmm. they're going through a trauma. It could just be this and this other topic and all these things. That, and it could be, you know, 20 different unrelated things because yeah. they just can't put it all together. Right. Right. And and if if you're watching and going, wow, this this looks like this makes you angry, or it looks like you know you there's got a you got a bit of anxiety going on around this. Mm-hmm. If there's something that you're sensing in them, uh, you can ask into that, mm-hmm. and, and don't assume. Don't say, oh, it looks like you're anxious. Yeah. If you can do that, then follow up and says, is that right? Is yeah. that what you're feeling? Check in with them. Right. But that's a different kind of listening. That's a mm-hmm. different kind of trying to get them yeah. rather than just nodding your head. Because you, someone could totally check out and nod their head and, and, and say, uh-huh, and not really be <laughs> listening but look yeah. like they are, right? Yeah. And, but the yeah. other is really the person really feels like that you get them. Right. And, and it's really important to understand that sometimes they may not want you to say anything. Right. You know, I don't. I don't. I, I like to say we've all seen it, and I, I think most of us have. But you've seen the the commercial, a little video where the lady has a nail in her forehead, right? Yeah, and she's talking to her <clears throat> husband about the pain. She she has a headache, right? And he's trying to tell her, well, you have a nail in your head, but she's like, just listen to me, right? Just listen. And <laughs> yeah, he's just like, well, I know the problem is, but he can't <laughs> even answer because she just needs somebody to listen to her, right? That's it's pretty. I awesome. know. Yeah. I love that video. <laughs> and, and as the observer, you know, we can fix the problem. Yeah, We've yeah. got it figured out. Yeah. And we think, oh, they're going to walk away and they'll never get it fixed. <laughs> uh, but, but I think the truth is most people will work it out themselves eventually. Yeah. And they just yeah. need someone to support and help them process through. Yeah. So in this whole experience, whether you have been affected by the fires directly or not, <clears throat> the big theme for today is to have compassion and withhold judgment. That includes not beating yourself up. That includes not having judgment on others. And especially if you're around people who are victims, uh, if you will, uh, you know, have experienced some trauma around the fires, don't sit around them and talk about how this official did that bad and this person sucked uh, and that company's horrible. And that's just not very helpful to talk around those kinds of folks. Mm-hmm. That, just, that just adds on top of what they're already experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing is in your inner spirit is to have compassion as best as you can on everyone. So if you think some company is to blame for what happened, think about the individuals who are working there doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they didn't make great decisions. Now, how do they feel? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not out to hurt people. Probably not, you Mm -hmm. know, but you know, choices were made and like they're going, Oh man, you know, just have compassion for that. Right. Assume everyone is doing the best that they can right now. Mm-hmm. So just to know if there is a kind of judgment 
you know, even talk about, you know, who's to blame or, you know, you shouldn't be experiencing that because those folks over there had it worse or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> Judgment produces resistance. Right. And so, like the video with the nail, right? right. If the guy says, what's wrong with you? You got a nail in your head. Her <laughs> response is going to be resistance. Right. She can't help it. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a natural approach. Judgment <laughs> produces resistance. Yes. And if someone is in resistance, they are not in a space to learn. Yeah. So it doesn't even help. No. So. Yeah, that's, that's <clears> I think, <throat> the whole point of that video. It's a good video. Is it's, it's not a matter of knowing the problem or how to fix the problem. It's a matter of letting them express themselves in what they have. Yeah, and, and letting them fix the problem letting themselves. Them, letting them figure out that they have that nail in their head, and, and then they'll, they'll go, oh, I got a nail, and I'm going to pull it out. Right. You know, I mean, and, and sometimes that's what it takes. You know, um, I've had plenty of great advice in my life over trauma and, and different issues that I've had, and years later, I'll find the answer, and I'll go, ooh, somebody told me that a long time ago. Yeah. But I didn't figure it out till right now. Right. You weren't yeah. ready to hear I it back then. I wasn't ready to hear it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so any sort of trying to fix it, probably just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the person needs to be ready to hear it, and the only way to really get there is to let them lead the process. And you might ask. You might ask into questions, and what about this, if you thought about you know, this or what's this experience like and what's that experience like and help them kind of unpack it and they go, oh, look, I got a nail in my head. Uh, but to just come out and just go, blah, you know, there, you're fixed. You know, that just, that just makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, just a, a truth behind that is for the most part, people won't know how, won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So any sort of positive, supportive advice giving is only going to work if it comes when there's a strong, supportive relationship where the, the trust is already there and they already know that there's, there's caring behind the words. Because a lot of, lot of words um, are really not from a caring place, even though they're, they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it's about the person feeling good themselves that they gave the advice rather than actually helping. <laughs> yeah. So it's, right. it gets kind of funky and weird. It really does. Yeah. So we'll talk more about this right after the break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. I'm John, and I have with me in the studio Raul Lopez Jr. As mentioned before, we're both uh, speakers, authors, and coaches. Uh, we're life coaches. And uh, we're here talking about perspectives on the Paradise Fire. And just before the break, we were talking about how to be supportive of those 
uh, who have been in trauma and are going through it. How do you do that when you're face to face with them? And I wanted to just dive into that a little bit more here. Um, and then I'm going to jump back about for those who are experiencing trauma a little bit more about how to experiencing the motions and, and how to let those flow. So we are conditioned oftentimes to to basically stop the person from feeling their feelings. That's a lot of times our idea of helping them feel better is to get them to stop feeling whatever they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so we say things like, it'll be okay, and we do that so that they'll stop crying, or they tell them that they really don't have a need to cry mm -hmm. uh, for in whatever form that can look. Because that can look a lot of different ways, you know, like, you know, some dads might say, well, you know, I'll give you something to cry. <laughs> or, yeah. or it could be, um, you know, oh, it's not so bad or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that, too, comes from sometimes, uh, especially if it's of a child or a loved one, and we see their pain, we feel their pain, mm -hmm. and we don't want to feel that pain for right. them. So we try and just, like you were talking, kind of talking about earlier, we just want to end it. Right. It's okay. I saw this happen to somebody else, and they're fine. You right. Uh, you get a lot of advice like that when oh, yeah. something's going on. And, I, and I, I know in my life I've had challenges like that. And I remember saying, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand, and I know things will be better. But right now, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So the, the big one that comes up so much that's along those lines is what I call the silver lining syndrome. We want to point out the thing that's not so bad in the midst of everything going bad. We point out the silver lining. And, you know, the silver lining is like, oh, it's all cloudy. It's horrible. But, you know, the sun is peeking out into the clouds and there's this silver lining. And, oh, look, it's not so all bad everywhere. And we want to point out, you know, we say things like, well, at least you got out and all the people are out. And that's what's important, mm -hmm. you know, and point out that kind of thing. Or, well, at least, you know, whatever happened to Bob didn't happen to you or, or whatever, and that, and under the surface, the message that's not spoken but is received is what you're feeling isn't valid. Stop feeling that way. Right. And it's, it's very invalidating. And I know when we say that, and I, I know I've done that in the past, mm -hmm. and probably I will do it again just because mm -hmm. I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that kind of message isn't helpful it doesn't actually produce the result we want. We want to be helpful, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And instead, we want to go ahead and listen to what they're saying and to ask into it. And the best thing to do, instead of trying to come from the outside and, and trying to fix their situation, is to sit down, uh, kind of metaphorically, sit down beside them and go, wow, that looks really hard. Mm -hmm. Or wow, I, I had an experience kind of like that and I was feeling feelings like this and then I felt kind of like that and is that kind of like what you're feeling? Mm -hmm. And it's not to hijack the conversation, don't go, oh, you know, and talk all about yourself. <laughs> you know, that's not what it's about. It's to, it's to relate. Mm -hmm. It's for the person to, to feel like you get them. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. And so you can share what you were feeling and then come back to them, is that kind of what you're feeling? And it puts it back to their experience and they can say yes or they can say no and then they can talk more about it. Yeah. And for people going through a hard time, that's what they need probably more than anything else emotionally is for someone to get them. Yeah, understanding. Yeah. So I wanted to talk briefly about if you are going through the experience and you're having a lot of emotions come up, uh, the converse is true that emotions, even if you're going through a trauma, might feel uncomfortable. It might feel like you're not supposed to feel. You might say things like, oh, I'm sorry if you start to cry or something pump comes up. 
and and it really, like we were mentioning earlier, it's important to just go ahead and let the emotions flow through mm-hmm. and, and to give yourself space to feel those and have a safe outlet for the emotions. And that might include punching a pillow if you're angry or it might be going into a, a big open field and screaming and yelling mm-hmm. or it might be writing in a journal. You know, whatever works for you, just let it flow through. Mm-hmm. and talk about your experiences, including the emotional side of it, with mm-hmm. somebody, with somebody who's capable to support. That's good. Everything you just mentioned uh, all falls in line with expressing your emotions, punching the pillow, you know, yeah. screaming out loud. Mm-hmm. It's an energy. It's an emotion that needs to be expressed. Yeah. And it might feel like whatever you're feeling is going to last forever, but trust me, it won't. Mm-hmm. It just it won't be that way next year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a one-year cry mm-hmm. or a two-year scream. It will pass eventually. Mm-hmm. My, the, the best advice I got in, throughout my life was from my mother. And it was, was I think, three words. Time will heal. She'd mm-hmm. always tell me that. Time will heal. Time yeah. heals. And uh, I remember that to this day. I mean, time, time heals. And, and it's true. It does. I mean, everything passes. And like we were mentioning earlier, it's hard sometimes to hear that in the middle of it. Right. But long term and sometimes shorter term, it, it does pass. And we understand and we gain wisdom from it. Yeah. Now, the converse on the emotional side, which I've also experienced, is where, you know, I've stuffed the emotions. I've buried them. I've put them aside. I felt like I shouldn't feel those. And... In that case, time will heal kind of gets put on hold Mm -hmm. for a while Mm -hmm. until that bubbles out again 20 years later, 40 (laughs) years later, or however it comes up again, right? Uh, And and so this this experience with the fires is a pretty traumatic experience. That's not something that's just going to go away on its own. Mm -hmm. And so the converse to feeling your feelings is uh, there's, there's twofold. One is to stuff the feelings and not feel them at all. And... You know, that will pop up when you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, at the least inopportune time. That's going to pop out. Yeah. And yeah. I can I can personally share my experiences around that sometime. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've had that. And the other one is to get stuck in the feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the experiences get played over and over and over in your mind. Instead of the feelings flowing through, they actually build up and they get worse and they, mm-hmm. they magnify and get worse and they magnify and they get worse. And, and both of those extremes uh, I would not recommend. Because <laughs> right. yeah. we're holding on to it, right? We're holding on to it. We're not expressing it. Yeah. And it's just there. And, and the two extremes, I think, if, you're, if we're unaligned here, one of them is just a blow-up, and the other one is, it could be depression, right? right. If, if you're just holding it in you, and you're thinking about it and you're reliving it, reliving it, you can fall into a depression. Yeah. And, and if you're just having a hard time, you know, picking that middle road where you let the emotions flow through and dissipate on their own, it, it's not a, a bad thing to get professional help for that. Right. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that, hey, somebody can help this heal way faster than you could on your own. Mm-hmm. So it's just really helpful. Yeah. So the final, final thing I really want to encourage folks to do is uh, in an event like this, oftentimes what comes up is we, we get a, a sense of what actually is really important in life. And so maybe we, we escape the fires, our house burns down, and the family is safe. And that's such a huge relief that we know our family is safe and we realize, wow, this family is really important. 
I mean, we get a sense that family's important, mm-hmm. or I mean, we get a sense that friends are important, or we get a sense that, hey, maybe I've been living for myself, and, and suddenly I got outside of myself, and I helped some folks who mm-hmm. went through a bad experience, and I got a sense of huge joy from doing that. Yeah. You know, we, we get a sense, wherever we're at, of what's really important. Mm-hmm. And I think an event like this, one of the purposes of the event, whether it's an intentional or just an incidental thing that comes out, is to really highlight for us what is really important. Yeah. It changes our perspective on life. Yeah. L- literally, it changes our perspective. Yeah. And, and we could go through that experience and then, it, you know, have, have something highlighted about what's really important and then roll over and go back to sleep and go back to the way our life was. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the event really is meant to wake us up and go, mm-hmm. I learned that this was really important and I want to have that be important for my whole life from here on out. Yeah. And to make a change there. Yeah. And, and when we go to make an impact in the world, when we pursue the things that we really care about, that stuff flows from what's really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if we learn that, you know, what we were chasing in life just wasn't so important anymore, but what's really important is, and you fill in the blank yourself, well, that's something that you just learned, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. It's hugely important. There's always wisdom gained from trauma. You see worldwide... When there's a major, something major happening in whatever country is when all, everybody comes together. When people, people of the earth come together <clears> is when something terrible is happening. And that's perspective on life. Yeah. Because uh, there are people that hate each other. But when there's something happening that's really terrible, they come together and they help together. Yeah. And, and usually what's really, really important in life has something to do with people. Absolutely. You, know, you talk. Yeah to crowds and groups and I've had events and you know what's what's really important to you and most of the time it comes down to people mm-hmm. it comes down to family it comes down to friends it comes down to community yeah. you know an impact we want to have in the world has to do with those folks usually and we want to make a difference we want our lives to you know, to last beyond the span of our years here and that usually happens through people yeah, absolutely so if you're, if you're through this event, if you're watching the event, wherever you're at, you can ask yourself, uh, what has come up for you? What's really important? What I found is really important is, and fill in the blank for yourself, mm-hmm. or what I regret most is. So a lot of times an event like this, might, you might come up with some regrets, and that will also highlight what's really important. So an event like this is calling us to have more time for the things that are really important in our lives. And these might include quality time with family and friends or asking or offering forgiveness. It might be saying more meaningful things to people rather than just keeping things on the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pursuing things in life that you find more meaningful, which might be you'd want to start that business you've been putting off or starting that nonprofit or writing that book or entering into that mentoring relationship, or getting that training, or volunteering, or writing that song. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. 